welcome to the Ducks Never Waver Lunch Break, where you get food for thought and can rejuvenate to sally forth. Join the dynamic duo, Edwin and Megan, as they explore topics of gravitas and pomp brought to the brink of absurdity and thrown off, down, down, down the precipice of ridiculousness. Today we are talking about all my years in carpentry. Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to Edwin, who has had many years of carpentry under his belt. Vast experience. Vast experience. So much knowledge in that noggin of his. So we're going to do a little interview about your life story through carpentry. But I think first what we need to clear up is what is the difference between carpentry and woodworking? Because I feel like you've done both and I'm going to use them interchangeably throughout this this whole podcast. So do you want to give people a little difference? Is there a difference? Does it mean exactly the same? Yes, yes. Thank you for that question. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, it's it's my pleasure. It's such an honor to be here and to just put my two cents forward into the world. Hopefully everyone... They are worth that much. And depreciatingly daily. (laughs) So woodworking and carpentry, typically the words are used interchangeably. That's because there's really no hard definition between the two. I would say that typically the, the slight nuance there is that woodworkers are considered people who make fine finished product. So it's going to be a table a dining room set, uh, cabinets. And carpenters typically are going to be building your house. They do the trim work. They install cabinets. But would you say that the skills transfer as just more what is your field of focus? Exactly. Yeah. No. I, I oftentimes think of carpentry as like the bigger umbrella on which woodworking sits inside of. So would it be kind of like... Carpentry is your doctor, and then woodworking is your specialty. Specialty, like a little bit, because like you have like trim carpenter, a framing carpenter, those different variants. Are you like the carpenter and the walrus in Alice in Wonderland? Carpenter was all right, right? Like the walrus was kind of evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel bad about all the little baby shells. I think that's more from the book, The Looking Glass. Yeah. That, but the the Disney movie combines both of them. Yeah, to one trippy movie. I know. This is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the book is pretty trippy, too, apparently. Yes. Um, yep. Was it Stevenson? Do I have that right? Robert Louis Lu- Stevenson? No? Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll. Apparently Carol he... Lewis? No, it's Lewis Carroll. Lewis Carroll, Carroll yeah. yeah. Apparently that whole book is written... Basically, him recording his lucid dreaming. I know your time following my elusive dreams and schemes, for they're only fleeting things. My lucid dreams. Really? He was really good at controlling his lucid dreaming. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So okay. he would just lucid dream. So it's yeah. like he's quasi in control of it. Mm-hmm. And then he just record it right afterwards. Huh. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. But like, 
I don't know if they're just... Is there like a college course? Lucid dream writing. I'm... Because <laughs> <laughs> I would sign up for that. <laughs> there are tricks to learn how to become more aware of when you're lucid dreaming. Mm-hmm. And, and Well, I have lucid dreams, but sometimes I don't want to be lucid dreaming. Mm. So I have control over what's happening in the dream, but I don't have control over whether I'm lucid dreaming or not. I hardly ever dream, but when, when I do... I am the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> and no, but my dreams are quite dull when I'm lucid dreaming. They just become very mundane. Aww. Yeah. That's not good. No. <laughs> okay, anyways, after clearing that up, <laughs> <laughs> what I would like to know is what sparked your curiosity for carpentry? Like, what age were you, what was it that happened? Did you just, you know, randomly walk into Home Depot one time and the angels started singing going, oh, and that was that? Or or what was it? Tell us about that. I'll begin at the beginning. Yeah, no, this is interesting because um, I don't know exactly when it was, but I was quite young. I want to say around four four or five some of my earliest recollections are watching construction workers and always asking dad what are they doing and my dad would say something which didn't make any sense to me but it was just like really really cool to see what they were doing and then I remember always wanting a fort I think most young boys want a place to their own and something to build it it is a little bit innate so I remember one babysitter we had kind of like just grabbed some old logs that we had. And that was the beginning of my, my tree fort down at the base between two pine trees. And then it's interesting you said spark because what I remember my first time kind of swinging a hammer was we had the cap gun roll roll of caps, the paper caps. Yeah. And I learned um, that you could take them and like kind of roll them out and you could smack them with a hammer and they go pop so that's kind of my first experience very sparkly yeah that's yeah awesome yeah so that cap guns are the best really they are so much fun so then like it just kind of carried on from there it's interesting because I remember very much being a wood hoarder. Like, <laughs> so we go for walks in the neighborhood, maybe six or seven years old. Every time a scrap of wood was thrown out, I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere. Wherever you can look. Wherever there's a fight so hungry people can eat, I'll be there. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy, I'll be there. I'll be in the way guys yell when they're mad. I'll be in the way kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when the people are eating the stuff they raise and living in the houses they build, I'll be there too. I'd just be like, Mom, can I take this? Can I take this? And I'm like, okay. So like every every little chunk of 
of rotting or you know miscut wood it's just like it was mine now and i got to take that and, and where would you find that stuff was that side of the road or? side of the road is okay. it like yeah something that other people deemed unusable unfit Un- unfit for use i i don't remember ever buying a brand new two by four or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people in our church figured out pretty quickly. I think you yes. must have been pretty obvious about your I was, hoarding tendencies. I think I was a little beggar. I like just so? like see pieces of wood and like people would have an old scrap two by four and we'd be visiting and just be looking at it like I was gonna eat it or something. Yeah, like you're part beaver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so people would come and find trash and they'd bring it to me and then I would um, early on. I just started making a a fort, which was was nothing amazing. Your five year old, mm-hmm. six year old, seven year old trying to make something. It's very difficult. There was a lot of leaning things against other things. Yeah, with like a one nail <laughs> holding it all together, because all the other ones just kind of like went in halfway, and then it got bent over, and then you got to try again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 was kind of my first. Those are my first early on years. Okay. Yeah. So it just seems like it kind of just popped. It popped it just brain, but it was, was more that you wanted to build your own space at first. Yes. Okay. But then very quickly, you know, you build your own space, was and there then you a need book furniture. That you had read where like they build their own fort, and that was kind of. Ooh. Where, like, do you remember? Because so, I know, like, us, like maybe a little bit later. What I remember is we would watch Swiss Family Robinson that, all the time. Yeah. And that really inspired us to make a treehouse, a really cool treehouse. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if earlier than that, or if it was just something that you. You know, it was a, it was a little bit innate. It was just mm-hmm. I like doing this, and it it works out when I whenever I'm doing this. I I remember still pretty young, like being during summer. I was like, I gotta go, I gotta go work in the fort, and find all these. You really are a beaver. Yeah, I gotta go. I gotta do like I got a schedule to me. It like, got custom. Sorry, mom. I can't talk to you now. No. I just gotta go work. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> One of the earliest things I like a project I made was was um, a Barbie doll set for you. I had these mm-hmm. little tiny blocks of wood. It is it's interesting. You just try to figure out how to do things when you're really young and not very coordinated or strong mm-hmm. so it like i remember holding the saw the hand saw between my my legs my knees mm-hmm. and then rubbing the piece of wood back and oh, forth on it okay. because i couldn't really push the saw with one hand you improvise you overcome you adapt interesting because it just like the handle was too big for me and went on oh, so like i remember I doing that. yeah that's really clever yeah so yeah it was all hand tools of course yeah so speaking of tools what was the first tool or like the first tool set like what was that what did that look like what was the first things that you got definitely hammer and nails and then i got a miter box saw pretty early on which was which was helpful that that was that saw served me all for a long time something that like your you know mom and dad bought for you yeah mom and dad got that for birthday or something okay um, but before I got that saw, I think the very first saw I got was a drywall saw, oh. which if you've ever used a drywall saw, you know, it's great for drywall. It's not so great for wood. I, I think the name kind of implies that. Yes, it does. So there's a lot of like grunting and like trying to <laughs> cut something with saw that was not meant for that. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, that then slowly my collection grew from there. Did you find that you had to be good at drawing? And do you find that now? Like, did do you have to be good at drawing to be able to do this? I'm assuming not so much because you were young and I don't think you were drawing. No. Maybe, maybe with your crayons and no, it, book, it, it wasn't so formulaic of draw a plan and then, you know, come mm -hmm. up with a material list and your cut list and then do everything. It was much more like this is their scrap of wood and it's this size. And these two other pieces of wood are close to the same size. So I'll just cut them all to the same size now. Mm -hmm. I was just very thrilled at, at, as a young kid just to be able to pound a nail through one piece of wood and hit the other piece of wood. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's I, it, it, yeah, well, I mean, you, I, I wasn't using a tape measure or layout mm -hmm. tools at that mm -hmm. point, right? So, right. But yeah. how about now? Do you find that you have, have to be good at drawing? You do not have to be good at drawing. I know, I know this for a fact, because there are okay. people who are very competent at building things, both in woodworking and, and metal fabrication, and they can't draw. Okay. And in, in fact, one of the best foremans I ever worked for did more with hand gestures <laughs> than yeah. anybody could do with a pencil and paper. Wow. And it was very funny because you, you'd just be watching him and he's talking and all you're doing is watching his hands and his fingers are like kind of giving you this inclination of how these things are going to go together. And I'm yeah. like, this is to watch this from afar would be hilarious. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. Cause I got wow. my, yeah. Cause he's explaining and like his hands are doing weird things. Mm -hmm. And then like, I would like mimic back to him with my hands. Okay. Oh, so it's like this. And yeah. he was like, yep. Okay. I got it. Good yeah. to go. So I think it's, you don't need to be good at drawing. It's a helpful tool. Okay. One, a, a, one that if more and more people should try to put in their toolbox. Right, because it's another form of communication. Yes. That's what he's trying to do, you know, with yes. his, through his hand gestures is, like, visually communicate his ideas. Yes. Um, Which I was thinking about a little bit because, um, of course, there's the whole symbols and what do they mean and, like, words and is, is there meaning without words. And I was thinking a little bit with building things, there are certain things you can't convey purely in word form. You almost need to have just a, a physical, you need to have the symbols, but they're not word symbols. Okay. Yeah. I was, yeah. So I was thinking meaning doesn't, meaning doesn't come from words per se. Yeah. Would you say, I'm just thinking of, I watched this um, really cool show about building uh, a medieval castle mm -hmm. and they had this whole like, planning room, mm -hmm. right? And they would draw things out real size and they would use mock-ups real size. So yes. is that kind of what you're like to have? Sometimes you can't communicate yes. through, through words and even through smaller drawings, sometimes you have to do it life-size in a mock-up. Mm -hmm. And that's because now we have, of course, modern technology and, and CAD yeah. um, design aids. So we get a little bit, it's, it's a really good thing, don't get me wrong. And it's, it's helped people build amazing things. But when it comes to what actually works, sometimes it's a middle, little bit misleading, right? Because the computer can draw it, but just because the computer can draw it doesn't mean that in the real world it looks good or, or mm -hmm. fits right. Mm -hmm. So what's really cool about what the medieval time period did is you're going to take a, 
a lesser material, a cheaper material and something you can kind of like just piece together really quickly just to get a really good feel for how it fits the space and how it fits the average human body and how then you can actually interact with it. Yes. So yes. Th- that's really good, especially for building furniture. Yeah. Um, and then what's really cool is for the maker, what it does is it makes them more familiar with the lines of the piece. So I've had it before. Um, not woodworking, but uh, building a, a truck bumper. I did use CAD. It was car- mm-hmm. cardboard-aided design. <laughs> so I made a mock-up out of cardboard and, yeah. and got the pieces to fit that way. And what was good about that is, yeah, it was slower than if I had known how to draw it using a, a computer system. But the nice thing is I now felt the pieces in my hands and I knew how to put it together in the real world. Well, also then I'm just thinking of sewing. Then don't you kind of have a pattern piece that you can just trace onto your material and cut? Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that in that way, once you get it set the way you like it, it's that work is done. Exactly. You don't have to figure it out on the computer and then measure everything out and mm-hmm. hope it works. Yeah. Interesting. Did you find, and I'm moving on a little bit like when you got a little bit older and you're like, okay, this is something I want to get more into. Did you find it difficult to start? Like, was it really hard to get enough tools and materials? Was it hard to find instruction? Was it difficult to get started in? So middle school, high school, I guess, it was really good that we knew people in our church, uh, Grandpa Fluck, um, Mm -hmm. and he was an older gentleman who kind of took me under his wing and brought me to his workshop, and we built projects from a book he, he gave me, Woodworking for Children. Um, which is a good book. It's very nice, simple projects, birdhouses, workbenches, toolboxes. And that really was just, I learned so much. And you were able to use his tools then. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's the thing is if if you are, most of the time, if you ever get into any of the trades, it's because somebody was willing to be like, okay, come here, kid. This is this, this is that. Down, you see this? This is this. This ain't something else. This is this. Don't touch that. <laughs> that will cut your fingers off. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the hard part about trades maybe is that people have to be willing to give young people a shot. And then young people usually screw it up because you don't have any experience. And then that's kind of disheartening for the people who open themselves up to teach something. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, well, that's the point. Nobody, yeah. nobody wants to learn nowadays, right? You, you'll, right, and they you, mess up. It, yeah. and if the kid messes up, and then they get discouraged, and at mm-hmm. that age, it's harder to deal with those yeah. setbacks. So, yeah, I can it, see how that can be discouraging for the teacher, though, too. Yeah. For the, the kid not to well, want you, to you stick get, with it. Yeah, I think the teachers oftentimes get jaded because mm-hmm. a lot of times what happens is, like, people don't listen because people are lazy, but then also the people who do listen – they go out on their own and then right. then it feels yeah. like well where's my where did the appreciation go for yeah. all all my hard work and time making you what you are yeah i mean hopefully they would think well i passed on this trade that i've i love like this skill set yeah that but, i'm passionate about yeah i i don't think a lot of people like think about it in those terms mm-hmm. right yeah and just i know i i think when it comes to the trades which I think, again, in medieval times, they actually would, would refer to trades as mysteries. 
mm-hmm. because it would be so tight in and like nobody knew like oh. the you know the the weaver didn't know anything what the dyer was doing or like they wouldn't know what the stonemason was doing like you know like all those things were so like close oh. it seemed magical it seemed mysterious mm-hmm. it was the age of the guilds right yes. which i mean guilds take your union and then up it by 10 10 times yeah. because you couldn't talk to anybody about what you did yeah. and because you're not going to dissolve um you don't want to tell other people what happened how to do things and do it better than you and then all of a sudden you're out of work yeah. right yeah so it, it was the first and strongest unions out there right so do you think that kind of like has still like I don't know, instinctively hung on to the trades where people are like, if I tell my secrets, then they're going to move on and make more money than me. And they're going to yeah. like, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. there. And it, the interesting thing is some people are just kind of beginning to realize that's just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. The more gracious you are with giving out knowledge and information, the more you're going to get from that in return. Yeah. But it that's a long argument that to have and to explain and part of that even goes to patents right cuz mm, mm-hmm. talking about patents whether they're worthwhile or not or whether they stagnate growth and, and improvement yeah it's all that that's a discussion for Pull another time can of words. yeah okay next question i have is what is your favorite part of woodworking like, what is it that you wake up in the morning and like, I want to do this. This is my favorite part of it. So it's it's definitely sanding all the time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the the puzzle of not just how is it going to look and, and how do I get there, but the puzzle of each piece of wood is different. So if you're talking about fine woodworking, you really need to take into consideration the tree that you're getting the wood from. Is it a dense wood? Is it a soft wood? Does it have a lot of figure in it or not? Um, so you like how connected you are to the material? Absolutely. I, I think it's... In, I'm just fascinated by trees. We want a shrubbery! I think it drives my wife nuts. We were, we were at the zoo... And, you know, there's that red panda there, like a, halfway from around the world. And it's just amazing that it's there frolicking, doing its little red squirrely kind of thing. It's a big fuzzy red squirrel. <laughs> it kind of is. Okay. Or I mean, red, red raccoon. It, it's adorable, but yeah. it's a little bit overhyped. <laughs> we, bring, we bring a raccoon to China. Everybody's going to be like, what is this thing? But... Raccoons aren't quite as cute, I will say. No. But the whole time I'm going, oh look at these trees. This oh that's that's a that's a big sycamore there. And oh look, look, there's a lot of poplar here. They grew so straight. I wonder if they were tighter together and they thinned out the forest and that's why they're so straight. And so I'm talking about the trees the whole time. There's these amazing animals mm. around us and nice. <laughs> that and um I also discovered that the 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 bracket for the sign this is so bad. If you this is kind of getting into something we'll talk about a little bit later. But, like, if you've ever been a welder, all of a sudden, every weld around you just jumps out. And the brackets for the signs telling you about the red panda mm-hmm. had some really bad welds oh, on it. Oh, no. But, of course, you have to look over the sign <laughs> behind it to see this. Yeah. And um, that's all I saw instead of, like, Aww. telling me about how, like, red pandas like to eat only certain kinds of 
bamboo and yes yeah picky eaters mm -hmm. unfortunately if you have a favorite part you're probably going to have a least favorite part yeah i it's hard to say what it is but i find woodworking the hardest part is that if you cut something wrong you've cut it wrong right that you can't if you cut it short it's it's just gone it's just a smaller table it's sometimes significantly smaller i don't know it just throws everything off yeah so there's no getting back it's very precise but i think the least favorite part that most people have and i share is just the time consuming nature of finishing yeah so i like to just build it and be done but then a lot of times you build it and then you're actually halfway there mm -hmm. and you're like oh this is a lot of work now well, and it's not it's not like physically taxing work it's not mentally taxing work it's just patient taxing work you got yeah, you want to be done it's like a crochet project that it's finished but then you have all your ends to weave in yes or i think about painting a wall and this is kind of like the flip side is that you have to do all this prep on the wall you have to sand it down you have to fill in mm -hmm. you have to clean it you have to let it you know make sure it's all perfectly smooth and then you can paint it but then yeah. before you paint it you have to prime it you know so i think jobs like that are kind of exhausting yeah they're just very process driven yeah because uh, you got to start with your 80 grit and then you go yeah. to 120 220 then 320 or whatever you want to do with it yeah and that's time consuming. The nice thing is, is once you can kind of like just say, okay, this is what we're doing. Then you just go and you put on your Ducks Never Waver lunch break podcast and you jam out to that. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden before you know it, your project's done. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's that, just that one uh, last thing though that you're not always anticipating. Yeah. It's like the, yeah, it's done. And then you're like, oh, there's actually three more days of work because I have to like it and yeah. it and... I, I think it's very interesting how modern technology like now we all have our own little bubble of sound and we get to put in what we want but that's a really recent development yeah. really really recent yeah talking the last 30 years mm -hmm. even to have boom boxes on job sites right right that's still relatively new and the thing is, the craft of woodworking and woodworking in mass production shops goes way back. Mm -hmm. Like they had, they had factory jobs, but it was these craftsmen who were all at their bench yeah. in, a, in a big room yeah. working on making cabinets. You know, it was the same kind of division labor thing that we have now. This guy's really good yeah. at planing boards fat flat and that's what they would do all day long yeah do you think there would have been more talking like more interaction in those days because you didn't have power tools so it would have been so or not necessarily that everybody was kind of in their own little zone it's one thing hand planing is not silent mm -hmm. and you get all like a hundred people doing that in one room okay and then in that same room people are slamming big slabs down and chopping on them and it, it's loud. It does get loud. It, 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 it's loud. And then you're physically exerting yourself way more. True. So it's kind of hard to like have a nice conversation while you're going, huh. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So it's, it's unlikely, especially since men in the workplace don't typically chitter chatter. Because mm -hmm. now, I mean, I, I'm doing carpentry work and like sometimes we're talking a lot, mm -hmm. it, but a lot of times there's just silence. Come back next week for the conclusion of 
All my years in carpentry. We hope you have enjoyed the Ducks Never Waver lunch break. If you would like to fill your senses with more Ducks Never Waver goodness, you can feast your eyeballs on Instagram and Facebook. Touch some of our beautiful pieces that we will ship right to your door by ordering them through Etsy. Or you can continue hearing us on this magnificent culmination of auditory recordation. Donation buckets are in the description for you to invest in the betterment of this podcast. We will work diligently to read and present interesting topics. Your hard-earned money will be joyously and gratefully spent to improve your lunch break. Want to keep your hard-earned money? And who doesn't? You can still support us and yourself by rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing this here podcast with all the other ducks in your life. Stay quacky.